Welcome to the Woman Warriors Podcast, where we're working to help you call a truce with your anxiety. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Now, here's your host, Elizabeth Cush, LCPC. Welcome back to the Woman Warriors podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Cush, and today my guest is Dr. Roseanne Kapana Hodge. She's the founder of Dr. Roseanne and Associates and originator of the 360 degree reboot intensive therapies program. She answered her calling to be a psychologist and currently has integrative centers in Ridgefield and Newtown, Connecticut where the focus is on providing clinically valid holistic therapies, such as neurofeedback, biofeedback, counseling, and assessment for a variety of issues and conditions. She is a sought-after speaker and the co-author of the best-selling book, Brain Under Attack, a resource guide about pans and pandas. We are going to be talking about pans and pandas Roseanne is a Connecticut certified school psychologist, a licensed professional counselor, a certified integrative medicine mental health provider, and a board certified neurofeedback provider. She serves on the boards of the Northeast Regional Biofeedback Society and is a Lyme Connection Task Force professional advisor. I hope you enjoy our conversation. I know I learned a heck of a lot about pans and pandas talking to her, so I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Roseanne. Thank you so much for joining us on the Woman Warriors podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to, to talk to us about pans and pandas. But before we do, if you could just tell us a little bit about you and what inspired you to do the work that you do. Um, So that's a great question that I I love to answer. So I always feel like I had a calling to be a psychologist. Even as a young child, I remember saying that I wanted to be a psychiatrist. Um, and then I realized they gave medication out like candy. So I <laughs> said, no, that's not what I want to do. I want to do, you know, therapy, talk mm. therapy. And it just was something that I always wanted to do. And I really can't say that it came from anything. Um, so I feel really fortunate that I was just had this sort of higher power kind of um, calling to kind of just do this work. And I love it. So, um, and, you know, I started out primarily working with children. And now, you know, I work with all ages, mothers with babies, Mm. to the elderly. And we have a center um, that you noted in uh, Ridgefield, Connecticut, and Newtown, Connecticut, but our main centers in Ridgefield. And we, you know, support people all over the U.S. Um, And our main focus is on uh, clinically valid, research-tested, holistic therapies to support the brain and body. Wow, I think that's so awesome. I, you know, there's so, I feel like at least the 
people who are coming to see me more recently are more interested in the more in the holistic side of things, you know, wanting to, if possible, avoid being on medication for anxiety or depression, you know, and it's not always possible. Sometimes there's a need and I get that, but I love that you're focusing on the holistic side. Yeah. So um, I, at our center, we actually really, most of the time, uh, we see that we know that uh, holistic therapies work. Mm -hmm. So we really don't believe in psychiatric medication. And we think that it's very overused and that probably less than 5% of the current population that actually gets medication needs it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, it's, you you know, anybody who's working in mental health realizes their clients are coming to them looking for something else. Why is that? Because they're sick and tired of being sick and tired and not feeling well. And my experience that I tell everybody, you know, that colors the work that I do or, or it motivates it really is that, you know, most of the people coming into me are having severe medi- medication reactions or mild medication reactions. So they're looking for something else. And then the other half are people who don't want to start medication. There really has been, uh, I've been in mental health for 27 years. And in the last 10 years, there has been such an awakening, such an awareness from mm-hmm. The clients, from the people, from the moms um, that are saying there's got to be something else because you can't just take a pill and fix it. Um, And, you know, for those of us that do clinical work and therapy, you know, even when you take a pill, you still have to learn new ways of if you have a focus problem, you still have to learn how to alert differently, how to manage tasks. If you're anxious, you have to learn ways to manage stress, right? Mm -hmm. Build stress tolerance. Right. So, uh, you know, the the notion that everything is fixed with a pill has sort of become part of our culture. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, that's just silly. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It, um, it, it is a little head scratching that that's for at least for a period of time has become the go-to. Like I'd rather take this pill than go to therapy and figure out how to f- manage my stress or, you know, feel less depressed. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. And and for me, you know, starting out working with children, parents always wanted to try to find something that was a healthy and natural alternative for their kids um, because they people are intelligent, you know, and they realize, why would I give a developing brain a medication when I can try to do something that would not only support their brain, but also in many cases really alleviate or or stop the issue altogether. So they're always willing, more willing to do that work, right? And so of those of us that are mothers get that, right? Mm-hmm. We worry the moment, you know, we have children. And not to say that dads don't worry, but we're wired differently as women. We're so heart-centered. Yeah. And we just have that connection, whether you birth the kid or not, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, there's that tie to them. And so, you, you know, we always want the best, right? So a lot of times we do seek out the best. And really what we're understanding is there's really some amazing holistic therapies that have lots and lots of research. And, you know, one of the things that I use is something called neurofeedback and biofeedback. And both are very, very old therapies that have thousands of research studies. Yeah, yeah. 
You know, neurofeedback has 3,000 peer-reviewed studies, which is a higher level of um, review Mm -hmm. and, you know, are held to a higher regard in terms of research. So, you know, people always ask me, you know, why haven't I heard about these things? Um, And we use them for children. We use them for adults. I recently had a very similar situation with two different women who had been anxious their whole life and never had gotten psychotherapy or really any treatment and really had kind of managed their anxiety. But then, you know, normal adult stuff starts happening and they sought out neurofeedback with psychotherapy and they both are just, you know, doing so well. So it's Mm. wonderful that part of it to help people. But neurofeedback is this really beautiful, clinically valid therapy that teaches the brain through a learning process, a process of reinforcement and reward, reward and measurement, reward and measurement, and through the use of computers for the brain to be in a healthy rhythm. So, you know, the nervous system gets dysregulated. There's a variety of symptoms that could appear. ADHD, anxiety, depression. Um, And when we reinforce the brain to produce a healthier combination of brain waves, it learns to function that way. And those learned changes sustain over time, which is pretty cool. Oh, it's so amazing. So amazing. So amazing. I'm I'm always because I've been doing this so long. Mm -hmm. I run into people or sometimes the kids will contact me. It's not unusual for a kid to just stop by the office. I was give, doing a presentation a few weeks ago. One of the kids had, who's now, I call him a kid, you know, they're a young adult, <laughs> just came in to give me a hug and tell me how awesome she was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I live for that kind of stuff because, you know, she did so well, I just didn't see them again. Wow. Um, yeah, wow. And, you know, it's using clinically valid therapies. But, you know, neurofeedback is hard as a clinician to learn. It really takes full on commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a steep learning curve. So there are a ton of practitioners. There's definitely practitioners in every major city, for sure, um, in America and certainly in Europe. So, you know, it is accessible. You know, there it's there. It's just one of those things that often you have to, you know, either Google <laughs> right. alternatives or you ask a friend yeah. or a great therapist gives you a referral or they're doing it themselves, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's really exciting. But I love what's happening. I love that people are realizing, hey, if I eat better, I, I don't I'm not as anxious. Right. So give us I don't know if there is a quick definition, but. I know some of the focus of the work that you do and and your contribution to the book Brain on Fire um, focuses on pans slash pandas. So, you know, not the cute little black and white animal at the zoo. So tell us, <laughs> tell us more about pans and pandas. Sure. So um, the book that I co-wrote, um, or I should say had the privilege to co-write, is called Brain Under Attack. Oh, Brain and Under Attack. No, Sorry. it's okay. Misquoted. That's all right. You, 
don't worry, no worries. <laughs> I, you know, co-wrote it with my board members from a beautiful nonprofit called Epidemic Answers, mm. and they are very committed to children's mental and physical health. And really, they have a great website if anybody wants information. And this book came out because there's little information about pans and pandas. And so, you know, what is pans? What is pandas? And I'm just going to generally refer to it as pans, but. PAN stands for Pediatric Acute Onset Neuropsychiatric Syndrome. Um, And what happens in PANs and PANDAS and how I got involved in this work is that over this time, I've always been known for having complex cases, very layered cases. And I love cases like that because I always can help people. Mm -hmm. I never feel like I I get cases where people tell me they've been kicked out of clinics or Mm. um, whatnot, which is always perplexing to me, but that's a whole other story. And people really were having physical issues. So one of the things that I do as part of neurofeedback is I do something called a QEEG brain map. And it is basically a way to get a visual representation of the formation of brain waves. Why is that significant? Really gives us spot on diagnostic and clinical information about what are the issues that are impacting that person's brain and nervous system. So if somebody has ADHD, it's incredibly easy to see that in a QEG brain map. If somebody had a head injury, if somebody had inflammation, High-level inflammation, you can see that in in the brain maps. So over time, and I've been involved with um, working with children with chronic Lyme disease uh, for actually 22 years was my first client, Mm. um, and I have a child who has chronic Lyme disease. So uh, long before he had Lyme disease, I had been working with other clients. So it's a complex disease. So what happens when you have massive inflammation in the brain, there's not a lot of things that cause cause incredible amounts of inflammation. There are many, many things in our American world that cause inflammation, particularly the food that we eat, um, you know, pesticides, toxins. So as I was doing these cues, I would get these clients that had incredible amounts of brain inflammation. And really what PANS is, is a misdirect, the body has a misdirected immune response. There is an outside agent, typically something infectious, like Lyme, like strep. That's Mm. what PANDAS is with the extra S is strep. Mm -hmm. Um, Epstein-Barr, pneumonia, Coxsackie, it could be mold. There's a lot, long list of things. The body then starts attacking itself and has lots of inflammation. Well, what's significant about that? We know through research that brain inflammation is tied to a long list of neuropsychiatric conditions and neurocognitive conditions. So with these kids with PANS and PANDAS, they could have had a prior existing condition. I always like to state that because there's a lot of misinformation about that. But they also could be what we call neurotypical, really normal kids, uh, wake up one day with a sudden onset of a psychiatric problem. And I should say that we are expanding this to adults at this point. So yeah, the PANS yeah. and PANDAS focus is has been very much kids, but I work with adults. I work, we have a very heavy Lyme disease practice, um, you know, 
I've always had it because what they show up on our door, um, people with Lyme disease being told that they're crazy or they have anxiety or depression or word retrieval problems. And, you know, lo and behold, or OCD is another popular one. Mm -hmm. Um, Lo and behold, they have infectious disease. So when they have this sudden onset, literally they could wake up and have severe OCD to the point where a kid can't leave their house because they're doing a ritual. Um, They could have incredible amounts of rage. They could be, you know, aggressive. They could uh, have no memory. They could have all kinds of memory issues and word retrieval and could be very normal. It's a very sudden acceleration. We're starting to also, besides expanding our understanding that this affects adults, we're also starting to say that sometimes there are people that have soft signs. So you might have had sort of an increase, you might have been an anxious person and there might have been a little increase in anxiety and sort of a waxing and waning and then Mm -hmm. a sharp onset. Um, Typically, after an infection, sometimes it's overnight. Um, I had somebody who, an adult, who was bitten by a tick. They knew that they got an anaplasmosis and then she had sudden onset OCD. Now, they just totally dismiss the OCD as being related to the tick-borne illness. Mm. Um, But I got them into a Lyme specialist, and just literally a few days later, the the OCD had dissipated. Can I just add, like, I cannot imagine as a parent, or even as an adult, but especially as a parent, like, have my child wake up one day and have all these extreme mental health issues that weren't there the day before or the week before and how distressing that must be. It is so scary. And then, then the scary part about it is, you know, you go to your physician, they don't have a lot of knowledge about it, which is why, you know, part of the reason why we wrote this book. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a good basic book. And, and yes, it's about pans and pandas, but for us, this book, applies to autism, ADHD, anxiety, depression, that the information, the platform for healing is the same for all, all the conditions. There's treatments that differ in the end, but, you know, sleep, you know, what's the platform for healing? Sleep, um, eating healthy, eating Mm -hmm. healthy, looking at your nutrient deficiencies, your genetics. Mm -hmm. But these parents, uh, it's horrible what yeah. some parents experience. Uh, you know, just even for an adult with Lyme disease, the, they see an average of five to seven practitioners or physicians before they are accurately diagnosed. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. I have right. a, I have a friend who, yeah, just struggled with just getting someone to say that Lyme's disease is a diagnosis. Yeah. And, and, you know, the scary part about that is there's so many scary parts about Lyme disease, but, you know, as little as in two weeks, you can move from having early onset Lyme disease, which is very treatable, to late stage. Mm. Um, and that is really when you are very much likely going to have chronic Lyme. And, you know, we, we don't have... Uh, uh, the perfect diagnostic and we do not have the perfect treatment. Mm -hmm. Everything is very bio-individual for both PANS and Lyme. And a lot of people who have PANS 
have Lyme disease. But yes, it's it's so hard. And, and you know, parents will go looking for help and they wind up on my door mm. because they're, you know, ineffectively get you know getting treated with psych meds that's not what they need when you have a medical problem you need a medical treatment so you know if you have Lyme disease you know what are the treatments so antibiotics herbal antimicrobials or research is showing us they're as effective you really need to work with a trained and licensed naturopath or functional physician um and every state varies of their licensure of those things Mm -hmm. and you know you really have to look at what nutrients are missing because these diseases whether it's mono um, epstein-barr which is as destructive Mm -hmm. in the brain as Lyme disease is. So I frequently get people with anxiety and depression and I brain map them and a virus looks very specific in the brain. And I'm like, when did you have, you know, this virus? And sometimes we have to go back quite a bit of time and it's always an overlap with the symptoms. Hmm. Um, I think the thing that's confusing to people is they think with pans and pandas and Lyme disease that you should have never had any other symptoms to begin with. Well, guess what? I mean, 54% of American children have a physical or um, a mental health issue. So we're being wired differently. Our genetics are changing. There's a lot of mutations. So it's very likely you can have a pre-existing condition. You could have already had ADD mm-hmm. and then get bitten by a tick, you know? Mm-hmm. Um And so it's confusing when people go and get help. But when there's a sudden onset of anything, people need to run and find a specialist and get help. You know, there are some infectious disease specialists are excellent. Some are not. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. And most people who were bitten by a tick have no idea they were bitten by a tick. Right. Um, very few people get a bullseye. The research is as little as 12 to 13%, upwards mm. of 37%. It's not a lot of people getting a bullseye. Now, you can get different kinds of rashes and you can get stretch marks with, um, they're called striations from Bar- Bartonella. They look like stretch marks. Um, they're, Bartonella is a tick-borne bacteria that is known to cause anxiety, depression. How interesting. Um, Yes. And there was a research study by Dr. Rosalie Greenberg that found that um, 89% of people in the study who were diagnosed with bipolar actually tested positive for Bartonella. Wow, that's so crazy. Crazy, right? So like, you know, for people that are listening, I mean, this is what my mission is, is for for professionals, for individuals to flip their thinking. Like Mm -hmm. I want you to have a paradigm shift because there are, even when I think, and I I don't believe that everybody has infectious disease. No, no, clearly. You know, what I'm saying is it happens a lot. And most people have nutrient deficiencies, particularly vitamin D. You know, if you have anxiety or depression, you know, and absolutely if you live in the northern states, but 70% of Americans are vitamin D deficient mm-hmm. and it's a hormone regulator of the body. Right. You, know, you can't use, it's highly used and they're magnesium deficient. So those are the two most common nutrients 
that are linked to mental health issues that are easy to supplement um, and reasonably cost, you know, and, and you can't get enough of it through food. Now, you can certainly alter your diet to get more nutrients in there. So, you know, eating more fruits and vegetables. Um, but, you know, this is this is the way of life when somebody has a chronic health condition like Lyme disease, you know, um, pans, pandas, they have to change their lifestyle. They have to eat very clean. They have to reduce anything that's known to cause inflammation. So mm. that almost always means getting rid of gluten and dairy. Those are just typical inflammatory creators for anybody. It yep. doesn't mean you're allergic to them. They just do that. Yeah. Um, and and really try to really bring stress reduction into their lives, which is where I come into, you know, besides giving people psychoeducation and kind of guiding them where they need to go. You know, we just offer a lot of therapies. You know, we teach people to meditate. Um, We teach biofeedback, which is very easy to do on your own. Um, And then the neurofeedback. Some people, their brains get to the point where there really is a clinical issue in the brain. No matter what you're going to do, the brain's just not going to return to its normal function. And neurofeedback is a way to really coax it, reinforce it, and get it into this healthy rhythm so that people get some relief. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially with some of my pans, pandas kids. I mean, this is this is not easy. For, no. For, oh, my no. gosh. Not for the kids, not for the parents. So what would, I mean, obviously, getting information out there is really, really important. But if you were, you know, talking to the listeners, as you are, in mm-hmm. this podcast, like, what should they be looking out for either in themselves, because typically my audience is, you know, an adult population of women who struggle with anxiety, if they're concerned that maybe there's something happening that has shifted, you know, maybe there's, you know, um, you talked about, you know, OCD symptoms popping up, or like, what, what should they be looking for? What questions should they be asking of their doctors? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, I think, you know, I think about when I do an intake, you know, what are the patterns I'm looking for? So, you know, if now, even if they're, it's multi-part, my answer to you. So it's about looking at what can you do to support your own body, even if there is an infectious disease, it's not there. Um, what can you do to support your body and your brain to work better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's one part. But the other part is, you know, if even if there's a family history of ADD, anxiety, all that other stuff, which pretty much everybody I talk to has family history of stuff, yep. um, this is just what's happening, right? Mm-hmm. And even if you don't have somebody who, so I have a, I work with a lot of kids with autism. I've only had a few kids with autism where a parent or a grandparent has autism, but pretty much every kid I've ever had with autism will have bipolar in the family. Um, and why is that? There's hmm. often a crossover on a genetic mutation that can impact you in a variety of ways. So you might see autoimmune. So what does a person need to look for? So for the person that is more of this sudden onset, like, hey, you know, um, I get a lot of adults who were like, I never had ADD as a kid. You know, we, we think about it. No, you don't have ADD. But they're like, I literally cannot focus at all, right? Right. So you want to think about, so you have a lot of female listeners um are they in perimenopause, right? Mm-hmm. Where there's just this shift in hormones, which nobody ever talks about. 
<laughs> I do try to talk about that. But yes, you're right. You're right. Not too many people are talking about it. It can produce a lot of um, symptoms. I know when I started to get perimenopause, I'm not an anxious person. And I found myself anxious. And I, mm. I said to myself, oh, my gosh, I got to do this. So, you know, I did hard, hardcore um, teas. I did medicinal teas. And I did some um, treatments that I have here um, and got myself generally much more functional and that disappeared right Mm -hmm. so look at you know what's going on in your life now for people that they know they've been bitten by a tick or they know they had a head injury which is a major major issue for adults Hmm. uh, more so for men um and what's a head injury they think you know that that means you had to lose consciousness i recently had somebody who I brain mapped. And when I brain map you, I can see a head injury. And uh, I said, well, you clearly had a head injury. And they swore up and down they didn't. Now, this has happened to me so many times that I'm like, okay. Um, (laughs) So I said, you had a head injury because there's no way this area right here, there's nothing else it could be. It's just not possible. So then luckily, the person's spouse was there and said, oh, do you remember when you fell out a fifth floor window? Oh. And, (laughs) And... Still denied they had a head injury. And I said, so you just got right up. You fell out of a window and you just got right up. And they said, uh, no, it was pretty okay. And I go, so you got up. And they said, oh, no, I was in the hospital for two weeks. I said, honey, you had a head injury. Right. Um, (laughs) So and what did they have? They were coming in here for anxiety and OCD, you know, so the brain does certain things. So this was something that happened as a child. So think about your history. Think about, you know, did I did I have any injuries? Oh, I had mono really bad in high school. And then I kind of had this gradual decline. Um, I had somebody who came in in the past year and they brought a child to me who um, I said, oh, my gosh, this you could tell by their brain they had infectious disease and and their clinical history. They were coming in for ADHD. And their clinical history did not indicate ADHD. There was zero signs. Mm. So I had to go back two years for them to to figure out that this kid had pneumonia. Mm. And then when I when I hear somebody has pneumonia, which is often viral, right? Mm-hmm. I said, so talk to me. Did everybody get it in the family? And they said nobody else got it. And I said, oh. Hmm. And they said, but everybody got it in their class. And I said, oh. And then they said, oh, and the whole class had a mold remediation. Mm. Oh, so I said, she has mold. She has mold. It's in the nostrils. And she, this is what's going on in her brain. You need to go to a specialist, um, an environmental physician, and figure it out. And I said, please promise me you will not medicate this child for ADD. This is mm. not what her issue is. So they didn't. Um, so thankfully. So as an adult, you know, think about what's in your history. You might not know the answer. Mm -hmm. Um, Certainly, if you're a woman that, um, or a man that hasn't had a lot of weight, weight loss up and down, which is tough when you're pregnant, or you've had a baby, um, and you have stretch marks, that's a really strong indicator that you could have Bartonella. um, And that's a very, that's the tick-borne illness. bacteria that often causes psychiatric problems. But yeah. I think for a good starting point, you know, if you're struggling and it doesn't matter whether you have infectious disease or you hit your head, go to a good functional doctor who can look at your nutrient levels because what's happening is whether you have straight infectious disease impacting how nutrients are being absorbed, 
Beside, aside from that, we are now genetically mutating. And many of these mutates, mutations impact how your body and brain uses nutrients. So nutrients have to be given in a highly bioavailable form and high doses. Well, how are you going to know that? You have to go to a functional MD, a naturopath, some states, chiropractors, and they run lab work to mm. look what your levels are. Right. People are often shocked. You know, I'm sure at least, like I said, 70% of people who are listening are, are going to realize they've been told they have low vitamin D. Mm, yeah. Um, some people are supplementing, some people aren't. And it's really, really critical. That's just one common example. So really look at what is going on. And, you know, you really can get a lot of relief. If you're missing B12, your nervous system can't run properly without B12. Right. You you get the bioavailable form from your prescriber and then you can really uh, most people will notice the difference pretty quickly so I think people need to think about differently you know instead of reaching for a pill they need to look at supplements and nutrients that they're missing um, that's a great way to start this journey so I don't have an easy answer for you if you think you have Lyme disease most states have a Lyme Disease Association. There are a lot of awesome Facebook groups for mm. people who have Lyme and infectious disease and pans and pandas by region and by state. So some of them are run by nonprofits. Uh, in our area, I'm part of a group called Lyme Connection. And we do a lot of both patient education and we do training for other professionals. And and of course, we have the top people in the Northeast, you right, know, for, right, right, right in the Nexus. Lyme is named for Lyme, Connecticut, and that's why. <laughs> right, um, right. <laughs> so, you know, you can go, but ask people. And I do find, you know, Facebook groups have been pretty amazing at helping people kind of ferret out who's a good practitioner. I mean, that's a lot of my clients find me on Facebook. Yeah. Um, and in groups. So I think that's pretty cool. and It's a great way to get support from other people that are afflicted. And, you know, especially infectious disease and Lyme disease, you know, you can have entire sick families. Um, I bet. And that's got to be, that's hard, oh. hard, hard, hard. You know, you've got a kid with pans and you're struggling, you know, with yourself. Right, yeah. right. Joint pain or, you know, mm. I have clients with depression all the time who come into me and they either for months or years have been totally bedridden, quote unquote, diagnosed with depression. I Every single time I brain map them and I'm like, wow, I mean, this is an easy case of Lyme disease. It's just so obvious to see mm -hmm. that, you know, I'm not saying every case of depression is, but, you know, I have the tools that help me and then you do the clinical history. Um, but I think when somebody's treatment resistant and, and for people that are listening and you're, you know, caring for somebody or it's yourself, you know, you really have to think outside not the box, but what you're being told in the traditional realm, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And, oh, let's try this medication. Let's try this medication. You know, it's rare that we have clients that go into psychiatric hospitals here. And, you know, I have, when they do, it's typically because they're 
working with a psychiatrist and it's sort of like the Russian roulette of medication. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I recently had somebody who really was just suffering every possible side effect of medication. And so they switched them to another and I looked it up cause I didn't know it. It's, you know how these medications, Oh yeah. Um, yeah. A trend. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and right away, as soon as I opened up the page, there was this huge warning about how it causes suicidal ideation, which was going on with this kid, mm. and also that it couldn't be used for, it shouldn't, wasn't recommended to be used when you have a family history of bipolar. So there were two things that were not appropriate. And so, you know, here this poor kid is just with these medication, it's trial and error. You know, I always say, our field is the only field where nobody looks under the hood. And that, <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, you got a little ADH, you know, D, let me give you a little Concerta or a little Ritalin. You know, nobody's looking, nobody's checking, nobody's saying, oh, maybe they're totally deficient and that's right. why they can't focus. Right. Um, Let's look deeper into what it might be. And yeah. or, yeah, or if there's trauma or whatever. Exactly. We didn't even talk about trauma. So, no, so no. For but people, yeah. take a deeper look and don't look for your regular physician to give you those answers. They don't have the training. Almost right. all physicians do not have one course in nutrition. Hmm. Um, Which is, now, that's so crazy. So crazy. <laughs> How crazy is that? I, had this, I tell everybody this story. I had this one mom and... Uh, she said to me, um, you know, my doctor told me that uh, what you eat makes no difference. And I said to her, as like, I always try to empower all my women um, in particular, did you check in with yourself? Did that seem like it was rational? And of course, she, you know, used some expletives and said, <laughs> heck no, I'm out of there. And I was like, well, thank you, Lord, because that is just that's just nonsense. Yeah, of course that's... what you put in your mouth makes a big difference. Of right? course, of course. Oh my I mean, gosh, that's insane. Really is that. And and you know, it's really important for people that are experiencing anxiety and depression, you know, to, to really try to eat an anti-inflammatory diet. I don't prescribe to one diet. Everything again is bio-individual, but that means reducing and hopefully eliminating sugar, mm-hmm. um, you know, cutting down uh, or eliminating gluten and dairy. And there's plenty of alternatives for gluten. You can go anywhere now. Yeah, use it's the- pretty much everywhere. You know, it's awesome. And you can use the app, Find Me Gluten Free, and you find the best restaurants. Hmm. And increasing fat. So if you are having a low-fat diet, you have a 112% increase in depression. So... Mm pretty significant. And those are healthy fats, avocado, coconut, almonds, salmon, hummus, eggs. Um, And the way to not gain weight for women is to reduce your grains when you increase your fat. I mean, you'll feel like a million bucks for any of you that are already eating like this and trying. You don't have to be perfect. Yeah, um, yeah. Right. It's all about moderation, right? (laughs) All about moderation. But it does really, I don't think I've ever had somebody with anxiety or depression, even if they make a 25% change, not come back and tell me they feel a little better. So I just really appreciate your offering and providing just an opening into like, maybe there's something else. Like that's the thing that I think is so important about this conversation that it's like you have the ability to open the door to other possibilities mm-hmm. that you meaning the people listening 
that there might be other things out there that are impacting how you're feeling, your mental health, what's going on internally. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Think differently, you know, because like I said, my experience is that is not that people are taking medications and doing well. My experience is quite the opposite. And we know that with Ritalin or ADD meds, which a lot of adults are on, that after three years, the research tells us that they're no longer effective. And I think if you talk to anybody who's on any med, they often do this sort of switch around Mm -hmm. um, with not just ADD meds. So, you know, you need to think about not everything is biochemical. There are three ways the brain works. So there's the structure itself, there's biochemical, and there's brain waves. So we're only seem to be using this biochemical approach, which is not really the case all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so think differently about, oh, I'm struggling with focus. Oh, I'm struggling with anxiety. And, you know, I've tried X, Y, and Z, and I'm not getting better. There really are very incredibly research-based alternatives. Somehow diet and, and nutrients have become the, you know, the wayward stepsister, but they should be front and center. Mm-hmm. Um, and really can turn things around, can be a game changer alone, yeah. um, which is exciting for people to bring, you know, to bring hope. And it's, a, it's you know, when you, when you go down this road, you know, you're going to make some lifestyle changes, you know. You know, you have to make a commitment to health. And, and I think it's worth it. I think people always say, I'm going to, I feel better. Of course I'm doing it, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, well, and, you're, and you're feeding your body, right? And your brain, yeah. you're feeding your, your yeah. system. Yeah, it's like you're not going to put, I don't know, like something terrible in your car and hope it runs right. Like you're trying to buy the best gas so it runs (laughs) to its optimal capacity. So so how do people find you if they want to know more about your book or know more about you or your practice? How do they find you? So the book Brain Under Attack is on sale on Amazon and you can buy it directly from there. And like I said, yes, it's about pans and pandas, but it relates to a lot of, you know, conditions that are, um, you know, disrupt the nervous system. So anxiety, depression, um, Lyme disease and whatnot. It's a good basic book for that information. And to find me, um, I have, um, I love my website. Oh, Um, nice. It's drrosean.com, so D-R-R-O-S-E-A-N-N.com, um, and you can get a hold of me there. You can email me and whatnot, and I'm on, you know, I'm on Facebook, um, Twitter, Instagram, all those places. I can't think of the other ones, LinkedIn, nice. um, and you can find me there. I try to really, on Facebook, I try to really put out good information for people mm-hmm. um, in this sort of vein of this topic of, of conversation because, you know, this is the world of of the internet and there is some really good information out there. I know people always think, um, you know, you shouldn't be Google MD, but, you know, there's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, the good sources, there's some yeah. really good stuff. And we do, you know, what's different about our, we really are a center and we do 
we offer um, short-term intensive programming for people that live at a state or the country, mm. and people can come to us. We have a trademarked program called 360 Reboot, and they come for either 10 days or two weeks, um, and we do intensive therapy, and we, we work with people with trauma, anxiety, and depression, kids with autism, ADHD. It's lovely. I love it, and it incorporates a very bio individual approach, but truly the best of these are, you know, research based holistic therapies. Um, and it's a, a wonderful process. It's a way to kind of reboot the system and get people going on their healing journey. Wow. Um, so yeah, so yeah, please, you know, follow me on Facebook and reach out on our website. Well, Roseanne, thank you so much. I will provide all the links in the show notes. And um, I really, truly appreciate your being a guest on the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. And thanks for um, supporting women, because that's more of what we need to do in the world. Oh, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> thanks so much for tuning in to this episode with Roseanne Kapana Hodge, and um, I found her information about just how best to take care of our brains, really, kind of an important shift in how we look at ourselves and what's happening internally. So, you know, if your anxiety and depression have gotten out of hand all of a sudden, or if this is something you've been struggling with, take a look at your diet, take a look at the nutrients in your bloodstream, take a look at what's happening on the inside. And maybe psychiatric medication isn't necessarily the answer. Maybe what we need to do is be looking at what we're putting in, what we're feeding ourselves, what's happened to us, whether it's a head injury or trauma, or maybe we were bitten by a tick. But it's time to start looking at other alternatives. Let's explore what else might be going on to best help our system functioning. So I hope you all have a wonderful week. I hope you take care of yourself Ciao for now from This Woman Warrior. Thanks for listening and subscribing to The Woman Warriors podcast. Music was written and performed by Andy Cush. If you'd like more information on this episode, you can find the show notes, the resources shared today, and links to the guests' profiles at womanwarriors.com.